The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. Now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host for the show that simplifies and demystifies how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into a healthy gut and staying young, then this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back with part two of another exciting episode with Dr. Alan Goldhammer from the True North Clinic. Um, it's the True North Health Center. Um, wonderful place. Supervised water fasting. 25,000 patients been through his door since 1984. And that, that kind of rhymes. I like that. Um, they're seeing 1,200 people a year. He's 65. He's spinning around in the basketball court, dunking over all these 20-year-olds that are falling apart. How does he do it? Well, we were just finishing up our conversation um, uh, from part one. If you haven't seen part one, please go back and watch it um, or listen to it. It's awesome. And uh, we're, we're, we're going through now, and we're doing these benefit stacks. So Alan's going to finish up like, you know, we talked about a two-day water fast increases human growth hormone 2,000%. So finish up your line and all those stacked benefits, these amazing things that happen to the human body, to the cells, the cancer cells when, when one is doing long-term water fasting. We talked about the things that decrease in fasting on the last show. We talked about glucose and insulin and IGF-1 going down as well as leptin going down along with the inflammation associated with it, that blood pressure, heart rate, and even mTOR goes down, the mammalian target of rampamycin, which is associated with increasing autophagy. So the body kind of heals faster and gets rid of the cancer cells. We talked about the fact that the microbial load that lives in your gut changes with fasting. You know, there's five pounds of organisms living in the human gut. That's over a trillion creatures, living creatures, swimming around, eating, drinking, and defecating inside you as we speak. So what those organisms poo in you can be nasty, toxic waste like mTOR, or it could be, or excuse me, uh, uh, it could be nasty, toxic waste, or it could be fertilizer. So it could be things like vitamin K. So depending on what you eat depends on what those byproducts are. And so... What you feed, for example, people that eat animal-rich diets have completely different organisms than people that are on a dominant plant diet. The healthy gut is thought to have a diverse group, maybe a thousand different types of organisms living in the gut, thousand types of organisms. So if you want that diversity and you want them pooing fertilizer instead of toxic waste into it, you have to feed them a healthy diet. Well, the way you reboot the gut microbiome is fasting. So you go on the fast, there's a huge die-off in organisms. And then the prebiotic diet, the plant-based diet you eat after fasting, allows normal organisms to restore themselves. And we know that this is happening, one, because we've done the first study that's ever been done in humans with long-term fasting. We did it with Luigi Fontana at Washington University. The first paper that looked at cardiometabolic changes has come out in the, in the Lancet preprints. And now additional papers will be following looking at the microbiome changes. But the bottom line is, We've looked at these conditions, the, the irritable bowel syndrome, the colitis, the Crohn's disease. We've seen those patients recovering. And now we're realizing that part of that recovery is probably because of a normalization of the gut microbiome that occurs. As a such a huge, such a huge thing. I mean, the, the gut microbiome and the intelligence in those bacteria that have been here billions of years, getting them back into balance with the water fast, so powerful. Um, I can't tell you how many people I've worked with because I had severe gut issues and my story resonated with a bunch of people. And I remember this one young man he was about 17 and he would literally have to get up at 5 a.m and, and sit on the toilet for at least an hour and hoping that he could go to school he was actually flunking out of high school not because he wasn't smart or he didn't want to apply himself because he had to keep running to the bathroom like 50 times a day his teachers were getting very upset with him and he felt it was just a bad thing and then i asked him like like what are you eating and then you know i, I just rem i don't remember all this stuff it was all standard American diet before bed. He'd have one to three bowls of like Cheerios with cow's milk. And I'm like, well, maybe that's your problem. So let's talk about this. What have you seen with the gut microbiome? And um, when people are water fasting, people with diverticulitis, you, you diverticulosis. Get a drop off in the floor. We know that the, 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 the organisms uh, are reduced dramatically, partly because you remember what do those organisms eat? They eat you, what you're feeding them. 
So when you stop feeding them, there is nothing for them to eat. And so the total numbers drop down. Then when you feed them properly, the normal organisms grow back and then become more dominant in the environment. So that's a way of re, it's like rebooting the hard drive on a computer. You know, you turn it off, you don't know why, you turn it on, for some reason it starts working again because there's been a recalibration. And that's what fasting appears to do is recalibrate the gut microbiome. That's why it's so important that the feeding after the fasting be done appropriately. Over 50% of the people that I, just real quick, over 50% of the people that I've coached have candida. Uh, that yeast overgrowth. What does it do for that specifically? Well, everybody has candida. The candida is a normal yeast form. It overgrows in people who have uh, immune dysfunction or disrupted gut microbiomes. And inevitably, fasting will restore the normal gut microbiome and resolves the chronic candidiasis. But remember, candida is not a pathological organism. It's just out of balance. It's part of this gut microbiome disbalance. And it's yes. because people usually are eating sugary, fatty, processed, greasy, you know, terrible diets right, for right. years and years. And so the organisms get out of whack. Fasting can help recalibrate it. Awesome. Keep going, buddy. So fasting, we mentioned decreases inflammation in general. So things like IL-6 and TNL-alpha and all kinds of markers of inflammation reliably go down in fasting. And fasting, really, maybe the most fundamental thing is it reverses metabolic syndrome. And metabolic syndrome is that accumulation of fat around the belly, the blood glucose, the blood pressure, all the things that are killing everybody. Every component of metabolic syndrome reverses with fasting, and in my opinion, more effectively and efficiently than anything else that we've seen. So it's not just decreasing impacts of fasting. Fasting also increases some things. For example, adenopectin and ghrelin go up in fasting. And that's associated with reduced inflammation. That may be why the inflammation goes down. Those are the markers that change with fasting. There's something called AMPK, which is uh, activated protein kinase. That downregulates something else called PGC1-alpha. And that is uh, peroxidome proliferator activator receptor. And what the bottom <laughs> line is, that increases mitochondrial biogenesis. Mitochondria are the little energy-producing mechanisms in the cell. Mm. So but the point is that Fasting increases one thing that decreases another thing that ultimately increases the amount of mitochondrial production in the cell. And that may be why the people with the chronic fatigue and some of these problems seem to be getting better because you're literally stimulating the production in the cell level of how energy is produced. We talked about BHB, which is beta-hydroxybutyric acid, which is the fatty acid that your brain burns when you go on a fast. The higher your B BHB, the more is the stimulation of uh, BDNF, uh, brain-derived neurotrophic factor. So BDNF is the neurochemical that protects the brain nerves from oxidative damage, from inflammation. That's why, you know, they look at studies. They took rats in a cage. These are genetically bred rats, right? So they're all the yeah. same, same diet. One rat is given a wheel. That's the only difference. One group of rats have a wheel. They exercise. They run on the wheel. Those rats that were given the wheel don't get Alzheimer's disease. And they wondered why, what is it about the rats exercising, everything else being equal, protects them from Alzheimer's. And they found out that the rats that exercise have much higher brain-derived neurotrophic factor. They have this chemical that protects their brain cells from being damaged by oxidative damage that causes the Alzheimer's. Well, BDNF, that also goes up with fasting. Yeah. If you take rats and periodically fast them, you can double their lifespan. They live twice as long, everything else being equal. And part of the mechanism is increasing things like BDNF because it protects the, the body from damage. So fasting and exercise, once again, both things, increase the factors that produce the protection against Alzheimer's and dementia. We believe that periodically fasting, eating a healthy diet, not being obese, exercising can help delay or avoid the debilitation that happens in the last 20 years of life. So that you'll get people at 65 and 75 that can still be aging much more slowly. And so then they can continue to engage in activities, uh, live a healthy life and not spend the last 20 years of their life unable to talk or move lying in some nursing home bed waiting for people to come and change their diaper because they've had a stroke or a heart attack or dying and aging prematurely because of their dietary choices. Yeah. Fasting I actually, I actually, I watched a video that you did like a 28 minute video on YouTube and you said, let me play this first. And you played a little Canadian video where the last 10 years of the life and it had a guy side by side and one he's right. riding a bike and the other one he's in a wheelchair <laughs> and one he's doing this and he's in a bed and his wife's feeding him and she's crying. The other one, she's happy. He's enjoying his family. It was a 
Very, very good illustration. That's actually on our website at healthpromoting.com. There's a little a video link and it's called Making Health Last. And it's mm -hmm. a great video because it really helps you highlight the idea that you're how you're going to live the last 20 years of life largely determined by your diet and lifestyle changes. Let's be clear. How long you live is largely genetic and luck. But how well you live is largely diet and lifestyle choices. So you yeah. can't live forever. You're going to die. But you can decide whether you live until you die or do you end up debilitated for years or decades, you know, before you go. Uh, is that video something that I, I, I could use? That's it not your video, is it? You just, it was somebody else's video or did you do that? Um, well, it's it's somebody else's video, but we modified it. <laughs> so it was a, it was a. <laughs> It was actually produced by the Canadian government as a public service announcement. So I don't, right. I don't think they'll mind us helping increase distribution of it. <laughs> okay, cool. So fasting also increases insulin sensitivity. That's why diabetics do so much better. And then there's also this idea of cellular stress resistance and cellular stress adaptation. Longo did some interesting research. He took 30 rats in two groups, genetically bred rats with cancer. So they induced cancer in these rats. And then they treated one half of the group with enough chemotherapy to kill all the cancer cells. Mm -hmm. but the problem is if you give enough chemotherapy to kill all the cancer cells, all the rats die. Same rats though with the same cancer and the same chemotherapy, but they do fasting before and after all 30 rats survive dramatically enhanced cancer-free survival because fasting increases cellular stress resistance and cellular stress adaptation. In other words, it makes cancer cells more vulnerable to the immune system or to chemotherapy and it, it helps protect healthy cells from the ravages of chemotherapy. Mm. And the moment that that study was published, the pharmaceutical industry became interested in fasting and they said, well, maybe it's not criminal quackery. Maybe we can come up with a way to figure out what fasting is doing to make cancer cells more vulnerable. And then we could come up with fasting mimicking drugs. Pills, yeah. And so now that they could sell. And so now the effort is about trying to figure out how fasting works so they can do fasting mimicking behaviors to mimic the effect of fasting so that they have something they can sell. So you can still eat your hamburger, but take a pill to fast. That's the whole, because yeah, I mean, obviously people don't want to hear about eating healthy, living healthy, going to bed on time and fasting. They want to oh. find a pill poster powder that allows them to do their self-destructive behaviors, but get away with it. Yeah. And understand that, you know, with that said, we understand that the reason why a lot of people are doing these things is societal conditioning. It's the pleasure trap. It is emotional traumas that are always trying to come up and heal. And we're using food as a dope to shove this stuff back down. We see that a lot. That's why when, you know, I'm so proud to be with Mountains of Hope now and 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 refer people to your client because, I mean, just let's talk about that for a second. You have, have you seen people having emotional breakthroughs and they start crying uncontrollably for a half hour to an hour at your place time to time? So... You know, there's a reason why every major religion has a tradition of fasting and fasting definitely has a profound effect on how people see themselves in the world around them. You just can't help it have, have an impact. And, you know, a lot of times people do have a lot of emotional stress in their life. And sometimes what you're seeing is tears of joy when they feel like what they thought was helpless and hopeless, actually they have control over it, that they can reverse their pathology. And even though it's really difficult because you have to eat well and live right and exercise and do all this difficult stuff, that just having the chance to have control rather than pain, debility, and, you know, premature death and all the things that go along with it is so uh, enriching for people that many people are willing to do that extra effort in order to achieve that goal. Awesome. All right. Let's keep going with that stack. Do you have some more like one-liners like the human growth hormone increase, the new brain cells? Well, you want to be really careful about these, the, these short-term changes. Cause what we're really interested in is the long-term effect. Yeah. There was a lot of things that happened short-term in terms of fasting changes and numbers change, but the real picture is this. If you want to avoid debilitating effects of dietary excess, you have to get rid of the fat and visceral fat. And the only way to do that healthfully is diet and getting enough rest, exercising, and you can use fasting to facilitate the elimination of visceral fat. Right now, people are taking drugs, uh, you know, Zempic and other medications, try to manipulate their metabolism and they'll, for short-term weight gain. Or they'll go, God forbid, on the dead Dr. Atkins diet, may his filet of soul rest in peace where they'll put people on high fat, high protein diets because they'll get some short-term weight loss. And it's true, you can. You can make the body so sick that it will lose weight. There's no question. But it's not a long-term sustainable health-promoting way of living. 
So going on high fat, high protein diets has a fasting mimicking effect. And what it is is when you eliminate all carbohydrates, you get a hunger blunting mechanism. So they go on this diet and they, they're already eating lots of meat and, and cheese and yeah. all this stuff. But by getting rid of the carbohydrates, they lose that craving that they get from the, the sugar and insulin bouncing around. And so that they can you know, limit their caloric intake and they may lose some weight short term. Now they're going to get gallbladder disease and colon problems and they're going to end up with heart disease and, pro and cancer down the road. But over the short run, they can generate some, some weight loss and better behavioral control. But the problem is what's good for short-term behavioral control isn't necessarily good for long-term health. Same thing is true with athletics. What you do for short-term muscle mass buildup isn't necessarily what you do to stay healthy long-term. Ask any NFL player that's injecting anabolic steroids. That makes them really big, but then they get testicular atrophy and they die at 53 from cardiovascular disease. So, you know, we, we I'm more interested in teaching about long-term health sustaining and maintenance rather than short-term, say, weight loss or short-term muscle building. So let's talk about the meat deal for a second, right? Um, there are people out there like Jordan Peterson and his, his daughter. She had all these um, issues going on. She was allergic to all these different foods and she eats meat and she's fine. And he did that. And he's fine. I have a buddy who I know who did the same well, thing for a short period of time. And then he got better. Now my thought process was, is that it was the standard American diet and the chemicals and the pollution and the buildup that got to that point where they were just, their body was fried and maybe they needed to do that for a certain period of time where, but you know, long-term, I don't think that's a good solution. Well, no, and we, we see we see the same kind of conditions, but we desensitize people with fasting and then put them on a whole plant food diet. Now, the problem is you may have to manipulate which plants you're using. For example, a lot of people are sensitive to the hybridized product wheat, which is a source of gluten. So you've got people, you know, the wheat that we raise today is very different than the 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 uh, traditional wheat. They get 10 times as much wheat berries per acre. It doesn't like w wave in the wind. It stands straight up. It's, right mm -hmm. up. it's a whole different product. Yeah, I got and some right over there. People that are gluten sensitive, you know, wheat can be a real problem. That's why we don't actually use gluten with anybody. We don't use yeah. wheat, rye, or barley as part of any of our cookbooks, any of our dietary recommendations. It's all gluten free. Not that everybody is as sensitive to gluten as the third of the population that get, say, celiac disease is 1% of the population. Some Hashimoto's thyroiditis is also a gluten sensitivity problem. In fact, the gene associated with Hashimoto's thyroiditis is the same gene associated with gluten sensitivity. And some people don't have thyroid problems or, or, or gut problems, but they have joint problems. And they notice when they stop the wheat and the flour products, their, their arthritis pain goes away. Some people, it's going to be other chemicals in their diet, the amount of sugar that they're eating. Uh, some people, you know, there are other factors that you have to have. Some people are lectin sensitive. So you have to kind of more, more starchy vegetables, less beans, whatever. So I'm not saying that anybody can eat any plant-based food. But in a whole plant food SOS-free diet, you can usually find a feeding pattern that's going to work for people to deal with their hypersensitivity problems post-fasting. And yeah. so you can recover without having to compromise your health by going on some dead Dr. Atkins diet. I like the, 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 the water fasting seems to be like the ultimate full immersion to launch you into a better life. But then you have to obviously stick with, you know, higher quality, fresher foods. Moving. Yeah, no matter what you do, this is really tough business. It is really difficult living in a world that's designed to make you fat, sick, and miserable and try to be healthy and happy. So it's, I think, the most difficult thing people undertake usually in their life is making these changes. And it's even harder. If you live in an environment where there's no choice but to eat healthy foods, it's a lot easier. That's why people at this True North Health Center don't have that much trouble with it, because that's the only thing there is. So you, you yeah. adapt to that. and then But then you have to go out to the real world where everybody's trying to you know, push their, give you what you want, not what you need. And what you want is to indulge in short-term pleasure-seeking behavior but without paying the price. Yeah. I, as I've been promoting you for the years, I always tell people, it's like, it's a really good price and it's all you can drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, like going on a, cru a cruise ship. Last it's, like a, resort. It's, it's like a cruise ship for, for uh, distilled water. <laughs> yeah, I want to get one of those signs from the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, that says toxic waste dump. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know if the neighbors will complain. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, so let's talk about, we talked about with the benefits and stuff like that. Let's talk about the addiction component. So you have to clear me up because this is what I've gathered, and I don't know if I'm right or not, but the um, it's what I've been telling everybody. So today I'm either going to switch or I'll, I was right. We'll find out. So when somebody is an, an addict, whether it's alcohol addiction or drug addiction of whatever kind, whether it's pharmaceutical or street drugs or homemade drugs, whatever, um, 
these addiction clinics, these recovery centers, it's like 3%, less than 5% uh, success rate. Is that correct? Well, I think the general literature suggests that about one in 20 people are able to be successful a year later after having gone through a treatment. What's interesting is the background rate is about 5% too. 5%. So, you know, okay. Some people are able to quit. What happens, I believe that in many of the 12-step programs is they collect the 5%. So one year you get one out of 20 that's successful. Next year you get another one out of 20 that's successful. And eventually you accumulate the successes successful people. And I think they do provide tremendous support to each other, but I don't know that they dramatically increase or change the likelihood of being able to be successful at quitting drinking. Okay. Or, you know, using what, what percentage of people are coming to you with addictions besides food addiction and processed food addiction? If you're to just well, say a significant drug percentage are addicted to caffeine, which is a highly addictive nervous system stimulant, alcohol, uh, various prescription medications. A lot of our people have, you know, been hooked on pain medications because they've had chronic pain. They didn't know that they could get rid of the pain with diet and lifestyle change. So mm -hmm. one of our jobs is to help them wean off the medications because everybody that's fasting has to be stable off their medication. Mm -hmm. So, so sometimes you... they're with us for weeks or even months getting off the drugs before they're ready to fast. To Some people fast. come to us after they've been through a, a traditional drug detox program and they're okay. coming in to get healthy. You know, they've mm -hmm. already dealt with the psychological and the emotional and the the physical withdrawal, and now they're just looking to make a new life. And that True North Health works great as a, a supportive environment to adopt diet and lifestyle changes. But some of our people will use fasting as a way of helping them shorten the withdrawal effect from coming off medications and or drugs. And what's your stick rate after that, after people leave? What percentage well, of them stay? It's a little bit biased because we get highly motivated, self-selected people that are looking not just to get free of their drugs, but to get healthy. And so our success rate is very high, but I think our success rate on our patients would be high no matter what they did. Because yeah. I, I think it's not so much the program that's the key, it's the people that are the key. And we tend to attract the really highly motivated, self-selected people. So again, I think they would be, do well if they went to any program. It makes sense because when people, initially you think about water fasting, I remember when I was at Hippocrates and the greenhouse manager, Michael there, he, Bergonzi, he was like, he said, yeah, I'm on day 10 of a water fast. And I, I remember thinking, first off, I thought, you know, I was just there to help my friend with cancer. I was just supporting him. I didn't even know what the hell I got into. And then now, and they're, they're telling me there's no meat. And I like, my whole life was hunting and fishing. Like literally we had a term here in Eastern Oregon, if it flies, it dies, it's brown, it's down. <laughs> That's, that was the mentality man growing up. Chuckers and pheasants and deer and elk and all this stuff. And we get there. And now this guy's not even talking about not just no meat, but no, no food at all. And I'm like, yeah. I couldn't even, I couldn't even wrap my brain around I'm like, how is that possible? But this guy was full of life and his, he was like you and me now. And, and he was just like energy. And he's like, no, don't get me wrong. He goes, I'm not out running marathons or doing nothing. He goes, I'm taking it easy. I'm doing water fasting. I'm, I'm doing surgery without a knife here. But you know, if somebody wants to arm wrestle me, bring it on, you know? And, and I was like, oh, okay, well, whatever. I, so I couldn't even understand that at that point in time. It took me a while of just doing the green juices and detoxing, getting my cells nutrified again before and, and doing the research. So I would imagine that the people coming to True North, number one, didn't because most people are just like water fasting. Oh, pfft, screw that. I'm not Jesus. And I am doing that stuff. And but for the people that are like looking, they're trying to solve their aches and pains and their dis disease or their, for the friend. And they find this and they find a video or something they're like, oh, my God, like this is pretty profound. And then they do the research. They do more and more and more. And eventually they're like, I have to do this. And so you're right. You're probably getting people that are have educated themselves. They've been referred by somebody uh, in a position that has a lot of clout in one way or another, or, you know, believability or trust, I guess would be the most important word. How many, how many uh, doctors refer your clinic now? I would imagine it's a tremendous. Well, amount. yeah, we have hundreds of doctors that will refer that one or two patients a year that they know are ready to do it. We also treat a significant percentage of our patients are actually healthcare professionals or so our physicians and nurses that work in the healthcare profession and they know the limitations of conventional treatment. And so they'll come to us and, you know, that's an actually increasing percentage, particularly lately, thanks to Merck and Pfizer uh, drugs that they introduced for vaccination, the vaccine injured uh, healthcare workers is very high. So we're seeing a lot of people that were otherwise healthy, but now appear to have autoimmune activation as a consequence of their boosters. And so yeah. that seems to be a new group of people that we're treating that do team fortunately respond to fasting. 
So, so what, what's happening just, with people that got the, that got jabbed for COVID? What's what's happening? Well, to these some people, people have a really bad reaction, particularly people with autoimmune history, where that condition becomes very active. And so we don't know exactly what the reality is. We're also seeing a lot of long COVID, where people got COVID and and are not recovering. But then when we fast them, they're able to recover. But we have a paper that we're publishing actually looking at the long COVID as a as a, a responsive model to fasting. Yeah. You know, I just had Dr. Brian Artis on not too long ago. I've had him on a couple of times. Have you, are you privy to all his work with the snake venom and that being like the, no, not of that. Okay. Well, we'll have to get you two together. And he, he, he's going to love this. Like he's actually coming down to Medellin for the influencers event uh, next week and we'll be hanging out. So, um, yeah, you know what? It might be something where I don't. Do you, you ever do like Zoom? I mean, obviously we're doing a Zoom call here. Would Would you want to be able to zoom in if I can find a time and have you come in and talk? I've, I'm going to have a lot of docs in the room. And oh yeah, uh, no, I'm happy to. You know, our part of our mission is public education about fasting and diet. So to the degree that there's an audience that wants to hear what we have to say, I'm happy to talk to them and share our experiences. I'm I'm sure they're going to want to hear it. Maybe some of them not, but I'll force them. <laughs> We'll force health down their throat. No, they're 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 a very receptive audience. These people are pretty healthy. They're pretty, you know, enlightened about this kind of stuff. All right, guys. So we're gonna take one more break. When we get back, um, we'll finish up with Dr. Alan Goldhammer in the True North Health Center. Um, when we return, we'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I'm back. With my special guest, Dr. Alan Goldhammer from the True North Health Center. Man, I am, I have, I have, I'm having so much fun talking to you. Um, I love the energy. I love the information. I'm taking lots of notes. I'm really excited about it. I'm more excited about fasting than I've ever been. And I've, and I'm pretty excited about it. Okay. I'm pretty excited about it. I think that doing nothing with water and doing it intelligently is what, what to do. All right, so let's before we wrap up talk about True North. Let's say somebody's like, "All right, I'm 50 pounds." Oh wait, before we get into this, tell the story of the union worker, that dude that came over. Our very first tell, union member. Yeah. So first off, to talk yeah. about that, like how your you you guys got in with a union and like insurance. Yeah. Talk about insurance and how they cover all that. This is really important stuff. Well, we, we originally, the International Union of Operating Engineers is the one of the more powerful unions in California. These guys are the engineers that build all the highways and, you know, they're men's men and, and aren't traditionally, you know, vegans or, you know, into uh, the type of things that we normally advocate. They're barbecuing. Uh, anyway, one of the, they have a tremendous problem with diabetes and hypertension. So they spend millions and millions of dollars treating diabetes and hypertension uh, quite unsuccessfully. So they approached us and they said, well, perhaps if we were to introduce fasting, we could actually get these guys better and get them off their meds and save the union some money. <laughs> and so we went to a meeting and we presented our data and there was a reviewer from the National Institute of Health there who said, yeah, you know, if people got healthy with diet, they would save cutting their feet off with their diabetes and, you know, their heart attacks Blind. and all that. And there were some objections from the contractors who said that they objected to spending even more money on healthcare because they were already spending all kinds of money and having to send them to some resort vacation seemed ridiculous. And we talked about that it really wasn't a resort vacation because, you know, fasting is an intense and miserable process where you can get low back pain and headache and irritability. And, and they said, okay, maybe it's not a resort vacation, but they still objected. And then the, the actuary who calculates the costs of everything had been running some numbers and he said, excuse me, Dr. Goldhammer, but these union members get a monthly pension benefit when they retire. If we do this program and it works, won't it increase our retirement costs by making them live longer? <laughs> and I wasn't like, what do you, I thought, oh my God. Oh no, they're going to die. Don't worry about it. So one guy, uh, one guy stood up and I knew he was a crane operator because his neck was like twice as big as my thigh. And yeah. he said, listen, little man, why don't you remember <laughs> who you work for? 
He said, you work for us. He says, why don't you calculate how much money we're going to save when I come back there and break your neck? <laughs> and then they voted unanimously to make our program a fully covered medical benefit for any member of the union or the family that had diabetes or hypertension. They asked us to do a study. We did a study. They turned out they saved more money in the first year than the entire cost of the program, just in reduced medical costs, drug costs, hospitalizations. And we went on for over 10 years working with this union, over 100 union members. And we did a study that showed that it actually was cheaper to get people healthy than it was to, to treat them conventionally. Yeah. And so that was very gratifying. But the very first guy they sent me was, a, you know, he had blood pressure 220 over 120. He was capped out on five minutes, had diabetes. He had a 70 pounds extra weight, you know, big keg around his belly. Yeah. And he came in and he said, oh, I think I'm in the wrong place. And I said, no, you're, you're in the right place. I got your name here on the list. He goes, no, 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 th this is not for me. Because they had told him everything except what was the program was about. <laughs> they said, look, your blood pressure is so high, you can't work anymore, but go here, they'll get your blood pressure down, you can go back to work. But they didn't tell him they, he would need to be fasting. Mm. So meanwhile, you know, we're like thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to strike out with the very first guy they send over. So I'm trying to think, okay. I said, look, you're here to get well. He said, I'm not sick. And now I'm like pissed because you are sick. You got diabetes and hypertension. You're carrying a keg around in your belly. And I thought this will get him. You're going to die. And he said, well, aren't we all going to die? Which, you know, of course, I've heard that one. About then I'm thinking, okay, different approach. I said, look, you're on $880 a month worth of medications. If we get you healthy, you won't need the drugs. And he says, well, what do I care? I don't pay for the drugs. The union pays for the drugs. And I'm thinking, okay, this is not my normal self-selected, highly motivated true north health patient. And I thought about it and I realized, oh, diabetic hypertensive male on a bunch of drugs. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, if we get you healthy and off all those drugs, we might be able to do something about your little problem. Yeah, his he impotence. starts to stand up and I'm like, uh oh, because this is a big guy. He's a lot bigger than I am. And then he said, well, why the hell didn't you just say so? <laughs> so, you hit him right between the pants <laughs> he told me uh that, you know he was a triple cheeseburger guy he would eat triple cheeseburgers unless they put lettuce on it then he would take the lettuce off and throw it away because he wasn't into rabbit food mm -hmm. we knew we had to get him to eat something healthy before we started fasting so we fed him some food from the center but he couldn't swallow the food he was oh, like yeah. <laughs> and i'm thinking my guys must have a big tumor in his throat or something because he can't swallow but it turns out he thought it wasn't food. I said, you're having trouble with the food? He says, it's not food. He said, it's disgusting. And he said, if he had to eat tasteless swill like that, he'd rather just die. He told me to go out to his truck and get his 12 gauge. And when he wasn't looking, just <laughs> shoot him in the head. <laughs> so we checked him in. He fasts 26 days. He loses 50 pounds. By the time we're done, he's actually eating healthy food. We sat down with him. I said, oh, it looks like you're doing better with the food. He said, yeah, your damn chef's finally getting the hang of it. And it took it 20 minutes to convince him it was the same food that he ate when he came in. But what had changed was his palate. And now the disgusting tasteless swill was actually not bad. And he was able to do it. He did really well. I saw him six months later. I asked him how he was doing. He said he was doing just fine. Oh, yeah. His little buddy so was working. His little buddy, was, his little buddy was working again. And it didn't cost him <laughs> anything. That's absolutely right. So the so, point is, th these guys did really well. And even though they didn't know anything about healthful eating and diet, once they made the changes, they were able to be successful. They normalized their blood pressure. They normalized their diabetes. And we went on for over a decade working with that union. We've Again, we have over 100 of those members that have undergone fasting. That's awesome. And is there any part of your clinic that's covered by insurance? Yeah, the medical exam and laboratory testing is all covered, just like it would be seeing any physician by Medicare or whatever. The daily rate at the center, which is actually quite reasonable. It's a couple hundred bucks a night, includes everything we do in terms of feeding, fasting, room, board, education, doing your laundry, whatnot. That part is not covered. So the part that actually involves getting well, they won't help. But the part of diagnosing and managing, you know, that, that's fine. Yeah, well, that's about the cost of a Motel 6 nowadays. So. A little bit less, actually. We have uh, some of our patients stay with us when they're in town because we're cheaper than the local hotel, but they also get their meals. So, oh, Unbelievable. Well, that that's really cool. All right, so I asked you a question before we got into this guy, this this story, and I forgot what it was. Do you remember what I asked you? Well, I think we were going to talk about 
we're talking about summing, summing up basically what it is that we discovered, and that's that health results from healthful living. And healthful right. living involves diet, sleep, and exercise. And that fasting helps undo the consequence of dietary excess. So you use fasting to get healthy, you use diet to stay healthy, but ultimately you have to live healthy to be healthy. There is no shortcut. There's no pill potion powder. There's no magic bullet. It's, it's hard work. And it's difficult living in the society doing that hard work. But for those that are motivated, you know, we try to do our best to help them get there. When when you 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 brought something up really that's important, like people are like, I don't want to eat that rabbit food. The, the, the most important thing to understand here is that most of that, a.k.a. rabbit food, is grown in nutrient deficient soils. It's sprayed with chemicals and it's crap. Okay, that's number one. So if we actually got some fresh food, we got some sprouts and some fresh vegetables and stuff that actually taste good that were grown in nutritious soil, but those people still don't like it, 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 you have to understand it's like what's going on when you do a water fast and how profound it is that it resets their taste buds. Well, we've actually done a study on this and we showed in that paper, you can look up the paper on our site, that the actual perception of salt and sweet changes during fasting and that the hedonic response to food changes, that good foods start to taste good after fasting. That's one of the most profound things you see. People that come in like that guy couldn't just couldn't choke down the disgusting taste of school, but by the time it was not bad, he was actually able to enjoy it. And then he yeah. got to the point where he really liked it. Yeah. So your ability to taste changes as you get free of your addiction. Yeah. Um, I, I myself, the, the water fast I did a few couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, when I started eating, oh, I mean, I was eating awesome food, but it was just like, it was so amazing. It was unbelievable. And uh, you're going to appreciate this. I had one of my coaching clients, a uh, paid coaching client that uh, was actually down there. She's a nurse that broke free of the broken system. And we were talking and she's like, Tim, I've kind of slipped back into my habits a little bit since I got back, but I got to tell you, and she held up this latte. She goes, I can't even drink this anymore. She goes, this is a latte with sugar in it and stuff like that. She goes, I used to have like five of these a day. She's like, I can't even drink it now because it tastes disgusting to me. And so her taste buds just one week, seven days on green juices. And we're not even talking water fast, right? But we we said, hey, try to avoid eating food between, you know, uh, it was, you know, we did the first part, you know, the 16 to 18 hours of fasting. So they already experienced some benefits and we flooded their body with nutrients and already her taste, but her palate had changed so much that that thing that was actually killing her. Um, I wish I had had her file and I could actually read what she said, but she said basically she felt like she had one foot in the grave. Life wasn't worth living. And I said, that thing that you're holding in your hand was a contributing factor of why you felt like crap and why you felt like you had one foot in the grave and you had no energy and no mental clarity. And now you have first person experience. Now you know because you've went and you've had immersion and you cleaned up your palate and you came back and now you know it's not me telling you or Alan telling you or anybody telling you. Nobody can take that away from you now. You know and you know where good health lies. And it really lies in 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 nature in these fresh foods. But I really yeah. like that, that, that with with like, you know, where somebody goes and does a green juice fast or you know, all this other stuff. Um, these full, these immersion clinics are very good for people. They have the emotional breakthroughs, but then they come back and their palate has changed. And then we give them some roadmaps um, uh, for success. Now, uh, something that came up in my mind earlier, Alan, was um, I had Dr. Patrick Vickers on. I don't know if you know him, the Gerson Clinic. Have you worked with him at all? No. And, and so I, I remember him talking about, I, I believe, I remember right, where he said, like, get rid of salt completely. But they were they were still, um, you know, they're they're doing the Gerson, you know, the Gerson method. It's like thirteen juices a day, and there's a lot of sugar in those, right? And it does well, work. It's also in based my... on a little different model. It's based on a deficiency model, so they're trying to hypernutrient the the problem away. So it's a little different model than what we're presenting here. Okay, and so, but you use part of that model, not necessarily juicing oranges and stuff up up front. I don't know. But um, well, you, you... but the point is, our, our model is that these people are sick as a consequence of excess. So we're just trying to get rid of the excess. We're not thinking that if we give a high enough concentration of pills, potions, powders, juices, whatever, that's going to fix the problem. It's a condition of dietary excess, not a condition of deficiency. So the focus isn't on fixing deficiencies. It's, it's getting rid of the actual cause of the problem. Then the body heals itself. Yeah. When you think about fasting, it's the ultimate in nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. There's yeah, nothing it's to like, sell. There's no magic 
potions or powders or treatments or anything. You're just getting out of the way and letting the body what it does naturally, and that's heal itself. Yeah, and I thought about this in the past because you see, well, this guy just drank carrot juice and he healed himself of cancer, and this person did that. But I'm like, it's not so much of what they're putting in. It's what they – the new stuff. It's what they're not putting in. It's getting right. off the crap that was killing them in the first place, and the water fasting is like the ultimate – yeah. Nothing. And if you want to really understand this, you can read our book, The Pleasure Trap, because it really yes. explains in great detail how getting rid of excess is even more important than worrying about correcting purported deficiencies. So you have people, they come in, depending on where they're at and their medications, you might have to neutrify them for a while. Then you get them on the water fast. You're testing their blood every day. You're checking them. So it's medically supervised, a very good thing. Um and it's, it's, it's different for every person. It's personalized precision medicine is what you guys are doing down there. Well, yeah, they're carefully monitored. These patients are all under direct medical supervision. They're examined twice a day. They're in a controlled setting. They're carefully monitored. We've got you know full diagnostic capacities. And so we've done this 25,000 times. Everybody that's walked in has walked out. And we do everything we can to make sure nobody screws up our safety data. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So let's let's before we wrap up, let's talk about dry fasting. What is it and what are the pros and cons? Well, dry fasting is not physiologically sound because without having a solute, there's nothing for the body to put the toxins into to be able to eliminate it. Most of the toxins that are produced by the body are processed by the kidneys and eliminated in the urine. And so if you have intracellular materials that are mobilized and there's no adequate solute, it's going to stay in the body. And that's why you'll see people going to kidney failure and have other problems when they extend this too far. So okay. although they may purport that it enhances a healing response, show me the data. There's absolutely no published data that I've come across that's credible that suggests that doing dry fasting is an advisable thing. It's an unphysiological habit that we don't recommend. Oh, so what you're basically saying is because of the amount of toxins in people's bodies, you need enough liquid in your body to mobilize and grab those toxins and, and shoo them out the body through urina urination, defecation, perspiration, respiration, all these different pathways, elimination. Yeah, most um, metabolic products are eliminated through urine because that's what is left over when the blood's been purified. And it's mostly purifying the blood that we're talking about here. So if somebody's like done a ton of detoxification, they're sauning every day, been doing this for a long time, they're neutrified, they feel amazing. I mean, would you say like maybe a dry fast, but you just don't have the data? No, I wouldn't it. recommend dry fasting for anybody because I don't think it's physiologically sound. So we don't advocate dry fasting. We most importantly, we monitor people's fluid intake and ensure that they're maintaining a normal urine specific gravity, that they're able to continue to concentrate. And, you know, you'll hear the horror stories about people that carry the dry fasting too far and then you have dead. Because of kidney failure usually is what the what mm. the consequence is. Okay. So you don't want to shut down your kidneys by overloading them with normally intermediate products of metabolism or toxic products. So we recommend that people maintain hydration, not dry fasting. Okay. Well, I, I had a, a just like before this one, I just had on uh, Laban and his uh, wife, Anna, and um, she had done a 40 or 42 hour dry fast. She'd done a two day, a two day and a four day. But, you know, they're super into health, and stuff, but she'd had 19 miscarriages, and they were just trying to get pregnant. She was raped by her stepdad from ages 15 to 21 and had got a pregnant a couple times, sent her in the underground, you know, uh, abortion deal, and they screwed her up down there. So her uterine wall was literally at three millimeters, and after these three little micro dry fast, it was at, uh, I think, 14 millimeters. Yeah, you'll see changes whether you're dry fasting or doing normal fasting or you're doing healthy eating. So you, you got That's why we have research and we do studies to be able to differentiate the errors of attribution that are made. Yeah. So if you do fasting, but you give some magic pill, you can attribute the benefit to the pill when in reality it, it happens whether you take the pill or you don't take the pill. I'm not saying there's not a benefit of, of doing anything that gets rid of poor dietary choices and lifestyle choices and people get, you know, changes. I'm just saying, if we look at it physiologically, we look at the available literature, there's no literature support that and I'm familiar with that supports the idea of dry fasting as being superior to uh, fasting with fluid and or uh, healthy eating. Well, I, after talking to you today, um, you know, I had Laban and his, and his wife on. I think for me, I, I feel a lot better promoting like go with Alan, go with, go with True North Health Center. Um, rather than dry fasting, especially um, if you want to do that on your own down the road, whatever. But I think in the beginning, especially if you're new, um, you should, it, it should, especially if you're on medications, it should be under medical supervision. You're literally doing surgery without a knife. And there is nothing more powerful um, that I've seen than water fasting. And it's, it mimics things like 
amazing dietary changes. It, it mimics things like a, a, a tremendous amounts of exercise. And you literally can sit there and do nothing, which is awesome. So if um, if somebody can't make it to your clinic, can can people just pay and you can coach them and do their blood work? And, uh, well, we remotely? have uh, doctors that do provide remote coaching support, but they need to do it in conjunction with a local on-the-ground doctor. So somebody's still going to have to order a lab and be available to deal with you know some of the things you can't do remotely. But we have a Dr. Justin Wise who has a lot of experience doing remote fasting coaching, and he can provide people good guidance. It happens a lot where doctors have a patient they want to fast, but they don't have the experience with it. So they'll provide on-ground on medical support, and our coaches will help the patients get through the process and anticipate the problems and give them good advice. So yes, we're happy to support people that want to do remote fasting, but it, you will need to have uh, at least a supportive doctor that can provide necessary uh, uh, support. Okay. And last question before we, it's for my own personal use. If I'm doing a water fast, I shouldn't be lifting weights because that's where I'm going to burn most of my. Um, if you're lifting uh, weights when you're water fasting, you're going to increase your lean tissue loss as a consequence exactly. of increasing so, uh, gluconeogenesis. So uh, while you're fasting, you might do a little stretching, but you don't want to be doing vigorous exercise, particularly if that fast is going to go on for any period of time. Um, so if your goal is to maximize fat loss and minimize lean tissue loss, then resting becomes an important issue. Awesome. All right. So what else would you like to wrap up on what we talked about today? No, I think, you know, for people that are serious about that, they can go to our websites. We've got a lot of uh, literature available. It's all free. We also live stream our lectures um, every day from True North Health. They can log on and access that. Oh, really? Wow. Uh, through That's our website. Awesome. The, and the two websites, healthpromoting.com and, and fasting.org, are really extensively intense literature available, lots of information available. And also, we offer a free service to your listeners. If they would like to complete the registration forms on our website so I can review their medical history, I'll offer them a no-cost phone conversation with me so we can discuss, is fasting relevant to them? Or try to get them to somebody, whether it's us or somebody locally that might be able to help them you know, deal with whatever their health goals are. So it's a free service we offer. A lot of people enjoy it. They just go to healthpromoting.com, complete the registration forms, and then they'll get a call from me and we can talk about what the issues are. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. So for the listeners out there, I can't tell you guys enough how excited I am about this. Um, I've been doing fasting, you know, I, the longest time I've done a fast was for five days. Uh, my own personal journey, I have some uh, lipomas. And, um, I heard of a friend that actually, I believe went to true North and, um, within, I think she said it was like a two or three week water fast. They were all gone. It makes sense. The, the autophagy, the, the body was cleaning up all those cells. And uh, do you know if like those lipomas are those because the body's encapsulating toxins as a protective measure? Is that what that is? Or why does that happen? Is it genetic? I don't know if anybody knows exactly why some people are more vulnerable to lipomas. There's probably some genetic variabilities about how, how fat is stored. And obviously, when people lose fat, the body is able to mobilize fat, including fat from lipomas. I don't know that all lipomas will go away in all patients. I think a lot of it depends on how the body perceives them. Uh, you know, when you lose a tumor, when you have, say you lose 10% of your body fat in, in, or body weight in fasting, you may lose 50 or 100% of your tumor weight. So it's not linear. It's not proportional. The body has different ideas of what it perceives to be a problem. Lipomas are not typically thought to be much of a health threat. They're more of an annoyance than they are a representation of compromised yeah. health. And so I don't know that the body perceives them as significant as they would say a lymphoma tumor or something like that, where the body will go in and you see this really aggressive action. Um, so yes, it is true. Lipomas will sometimes diminish or go away or disappear, but it's not as predictable as it would be other types of issues. And we don't Thanks. know why it, they go away completely in some people and in other people, they don't seem to be that impacted. Awesome. All right. So to recap, guys, fasting is a natural part of living on this planet as a human. We've done it since we've been walking around here. Uh, Dr. Alan Goldhammer has been doing it since 1984 at his clinic. He's had 25,000 people come through his door on a medically supervised water fast. They see 1,200 people a year. They do phone consultations. They make it very inexpensive. And, you know, one of the things that's really cool is that um, he is out of big academia. They are funding all of it. How are you doing this? How are you actually funding your own stuff? Is it, what what? How does that happen? Are people donating money to your five to your nonprofit or what? Well, we we do we are a nonprofit. We do um, receive donations requests, but also the True North Health Center 
um, all proceeds support the research. That's really what it is. Is where we look like we're a clinic. We're actually a human subjects laboratory that's funding the True North Health Foundation, which is the nonprofit health education research organization. So the success of the clinic has allowed us to continue to finance the research efforts. Mm, I love that because you're you have nobody. There's no checkbook science here. There's it's actually well, also we have no investors. We have no you know, it's an, it's we have complete control of it. We don't have any product to sell. We don't have any advertisers to deal with or stockholders to deal with. And so it, it really does allow us to be, you know, do what we think is the right thing, whether it is the right thing or not. We're hoping the science will tell us. But, you know, yeah. we're doing the best we can to try to figure out how to do this the safest, the best way and what works the well and then try to tell the truth about it. This is awesome. You, you can actually practice the scientific me method. What a wow. Amazing that you can do that nowadays. It's very rare. What's actually amazing is that we've been able to publish in peer-reviewed journals. And the reason is, is we're partnering with people like the Mayo Clinic, the Buck Institute, Texas A&M, because we're the only place in the world doing long-term water fasting on human subjects. And so they, they kind of have to work with us in order to get access to the data because this is really the only place that's producing that data right now. Wow. All right, guys. Well, check them out at truenorthhealth.com. I'm typing in just one more, True North, truenorthhealth.com. Um and register for the health information if you want to get a, a chat with Dr. Goldhammer. If you're thinking about doing some medically supervised water fasting, I highly recommend. I think everybody listening should at least look into this. Um, you should. You should. There's no reason why you shouldn't. This this could save your life, period. Like, And I'm not just talking about you don't have to have cancer to save your life. But you, most people I talk to have no idea how good they can feel. Because I keep finding stuff like this and I keep applying it to my life. And every time I take my notch, my energy up another level, I'm like, I couldn't possibly feel any better. And then I learn something else and I keep going up the, I'm just like, it's like, it's never ending. But I think I might, maybe I found the end here. It's like water fasting might be the end of my, I don't know, except the spiritual path. We'll see. All right. He also has a book. Don't forget about it. Him and Dr. Um, uh, Lyle, um, Douglas Lyle, The Pleasure Trap. It's a must read. Um, I would imagine with water fasting and this stuff coming more into vogue, um, Pleasure Trap was kind of ahead of its time. You're probably getting a lot more uh, hits on that nowadays. It's a great book yeah. and a great talk on TED Talk that Dr. Lyle did. And um, you can also check out their work and their published work at fasting.org, fasting.org. So, Alan, thank you so much for your time, oh, brother. It's my pleasure. Really your work Thanks and everything. For the word out. No problem. And I want to thank the listeners for tuning in. You guys are awesome. Please look into water fasting. This is probably the best place I could uh, steer you to. And until next time, change yourself, change your world, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye for now. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world, and we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs>